you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Fast Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Steve Grasso, and Diadami. Tonight, it is a golden rally. The commodity surging above 1400 for the first time in six years. But could it be a warning sign for stocks? Plus, the big banks passing their stress tests with flying colors moments ago. We'll bring you the latest headlines and tell you what it could mean for the stocks. But first, we start off with a record-breaking week for Wall Street. The S&P 500 surging to all-time highs this week. Stocks closing out their third weeks of gains, with the S&P 500 on track for its best first half of the year since 1997, up 18%. Check out some of the biggest winners. Netflix up a whopping 9%, Boeing up 7%, Oracle up 5%, Exxon up 4%. So... With stocks at record highs and the S&P 500 surging 2% this week, Guy Adami, yes. would you trade or fade this market? Ooh. Trade it or oh. fade it. Top yeah. of the show on a Friday. Well, <laughs> got to be consistent, Mel, and I will say fade it now. That's clearly been wrong now for weeks, if not longer. But I will say fade it as we go into our next week. G20, I think, will be a non-event, which is negative. FedEx earnings next week, I think, will be negative, which is market negative. And the fact that the VIX is at these levels rallied today, 15 or so has been a level where the market is historically sold off from over the last year or so. All those things being equal, on top of which the run has been magnificent, too much too fast, I say faded in the next week. You're trading it. I, I would trade it. I mean, I can't think of a scenario, a scenario that you would fade this rally. Really? I, no I can't scenario. come up with Not one single scenario. What if the nothing the happens at G20? I mean, don't you think that's a risk? I, I don't know. The Fed is still there waiting in the wings with three cuts. Keep going. I like this game. This okay. It's a better game. So let's say let's say inflation increases. Let's say the Fed can't be there anymore, and there's no inflation, trade deal. Inflation increases. Yeah, because that, of that tariffs. Because no Because one, of tariffs. Th there is there is zero chance inflation increases. Everyone zero chance. Up. Zero chance that inflation increases. Okay. Powell can't find it. So then why is why are they our backstop then? If they can't increase inflation, that means that there's no reason for anybody to invest. So then why why would you be bullish? Because he's going to continue cutting rates until he finds a. Oh, just like Japan inflation. did, and then their stocks went straight down. So, so, I don't know. You so you've been negative on the S and P. I've been positive. On I've been the negative for like a week. I'm not making it mono e mono. It sounds but like the point, it. The point is, the more he is the backstop, which he is right now, yeah. the more the market rallies. We're off of 27.22, up to the levels now. Maybe. new highs and going higher. Maybe so, I, I, I will say, I will say, I was very surprised that the market rallied off of Powell. I I thought that that was mostly priced in. That is definitely something that I got wrong. My biggest concern is we have priced in, again, a lot of stuff. I don't think anything happens at the G20, so I'm a fader of this market. So I'm going to drive it down the fairway with, with Steve as the woods on the side and BK as the pond over here. And by the way, it doesn't imply that either of them are wrong. I'm just saying they're, they're on different sides. Does this mean that you're trading or fading? Just, oh, sorry. I'm going to trade it. I'm going to trade it. But, so I'm obviously closer to the woods than the pond. But, but my, my view is that I, I don't think you can be uh, you know, wildly anything at this point other than uh, needing the Fed to have basically done more than they could have two days ago. Uh, you need a, a sideways action in terms of 
the trade dynamic, and you need the equity market to uh, essentially be trading as a function of an inverse of the bond market. So uh, 197 is a low yesterday. You had bonds actually trade higher. The good news for the market, so my slightly bullish call here, and again, structurally cautious, tactically optimistic in the short run. Um, look at the dollar. Dollar was down a half a percent today and is now solidly below the 200-day for really the first time in about a year. That's right. For all this talk about the dollar and what it might do, it finally gave up the ghost over the next uh, over the last couple days, but decidedly today, that's a very bullish dynamic for risk assets, whether that be commodities, whether that be cyclicals, whether that be emerging markets. You should like that. I mean, not that I play trade or fade it, nor will no, I say well, trade or fade. No, Sounds like she wants I, to, guys. But it's, it seems like it could be a, a pretty treacherous time for stocks in that you mentioned FedEx reporting earnings. Sure. Tonight. Some people might say that FedEx at this point is idiosyncratic, that it's a story in and of itself and not necessarily a, a bellwether well, for no, the economy. That's but, fair. but, but, but. There are plenty of other earnings coming down the pike afterwards. I mentioned and what FedEx. happens? What yeah. happens at second quarter? They give the outlook for the rest of the year. What are they going to say? Are they going to say, "Oh yeah, everything's going to be fine"? I mean, some of them of will. Of course not. But but if you get this free pass, why why wouldn't you take it? Well, so. I, I don't no, want no. you to cut you off. All no, right, so, no, so no, Guy no. was talking about FedEx, but I, I would make an argument that we've heard from FedEx for now two quarters yeah. um, that they're running into headwinds. And some of it was, uh, I wouldn't call it operational, but I think they were having some execution issues. There was some actually, there was some tightness. There was some bottlenecks. Uh, they've also been talking about some of the costs on shipping. Um, look, FedEx, this is well in the price as far as I'm concerned. FedEx is at kind of a trough valuation. FedEx is trading like we have a recession. It's trading that 197 on the 10-year means you're going to recession, not Steve's, hey, there's no inflation, and that's why rates have gone lower. I, I mentioned FedEx in the context of earnings are coming yes, up, yes. and that's what I think the market should be focused on, and I think they'll be disappointing, which is why I started the show by saying, fade, fade it. it. Nice way to sort of I remember put that. the bow on it. Put the bow on Squaring it. Squaring the We're going to go to individual names now, though, in this game. We mentioned Netflix up 9% on the week. So, Grasso, are you trading it or fading it? So, I'd still be trading this one. It's up 37% year to date. I don't think it's a zero-sum game. I don't think it's either Netflix or Disney. I think that it's Netflix first, then it's Disney, and they're going to make it tougher for anyone else to enter that streaming war, that streaming arena. But I still think you trade this, especially if the market continues to go higher, which I do believe is so. So I'm going to take a page from Tim's book and use this tactical, strategical thing. Yeah, the the pond and and different things. But I would would fade it here only because it's up 9%. I actually think Netflix does quite well. Uh, To Steve's point, I don't think it's a zero-sum game. I think Netflix is one of those uh, subscriptions you cancel last. But it's also been trading in a nice little range here. So Mm -hmm. take a little off the table and let it prove it to you. Although I am bearish, as as I mentioned, on the The faded for the overall market, I would agree with Stephen and with Brian Kelly that you traded, I think it's a push mm. towards the May high of, what is it, I think last year, 420 or thereabouts. And I think we do that into their July earnings release, Melissa. Boeing up 7%. Tim. Yeah, I think you trade this one. Uh, you know, we, we had some good news this week in terms of new orders coming out of, uh, uh, out of the U.K., et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is a company that, to me, first of all, I, I think it's cyclical minus, and I think it's industrial plus. What I mean by that is, <laughs> yes, you could say this is the ultimate stock that could fall uh, victim to slower economic growth around the world. This has been a story that's really been all about Boeing itself. Uh, we're not removing the headline risk. We're not removing the, the tragedies that happened. But this is a company that, in terms of execution and all other parts of their game, is extraordinary. This was an important for week. It was important technically. It was important for their core business. And I don't think, based upon the order cycle and the demand there for one of only two global players that do what they do, that this is a stock that should be falling victim to a trade war in the short run. 
this is a faded for me, and it's running into technical resistance. 379 is the 100 day moving average. So I would think that if you want to trade it, you have to wait till it busts through that resistance level. Right now, it's a no touch, fade it. That, that uh, faded graphic is so jarring. It really it's is. Very it's loud. It's just like sound. sound, yeah. Um, what would you say? Disturbing. So, you know, at, at the risk of having another jarring sound, I will fade this one as well. I think in the longer run, Boeing does Ooh. all right, but we've had a tremendous run here uh, on the way up. And so, you know, again, the pool and the pond thing, put this one in the pond. <laughs> Oracle, near all-time highs of 5% after earnings, Guy. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get jarred on this one and say fade it. Mm. <laughs> I actually you started better when you brace before. yourself. You look scared. Do I look scared? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be with Oracle because, you know, the stock didn't really trade all that well post-earnings. It's got, a, you know, things that make you go home. Remember that song? BK? I do. Yeah. I think that was P. Diddy, and he said things that make you go home. What it was? Or was it Sean <laughs> Combs? P. Diddy? Who was it? It's- it wasn't P. Diddy. Well, it was somebody, I mean, and he why, said that. Why would I know exactly. anyway? But, it, <laughs> but this made me CSC go home music today. Factory. I thought music, it was that's oh. it. CC Music Factory. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, CC Music I thought the earnings were good. I thought given valuation, it should have traded higher, and it didn't today. That concerns me, so I say fade it without the jar. So I, I am, I'm tired of that noise, and therefore I'm going to trade this one. And <laughs> oh, I, I trade goodness. it for the following reason. We actually just got out of those numbers. Basically, their core annuity stream is basically growing at 15% in terms of the soft, software subscriptions. The valuation is hardly assuming for Oracle based upon its five-year history. I realize maybe this is an environment where we don't care about valuations, but relative to the peer group, I really do. And I think relative value is important at the time when people may be looking at the growth in the software sector and Salesforce and saying, I'd rather own Oracle. So. The- I'm sorry. So, so this one, I would I would trade this one as well. I think it's playing catch up here with SAP, and they're both outperforming uh, Salesforce. As Tim just said, Salesforce is up 12, 13 percent year to date. So I think Oracle still makes up some ground with SAP, even though they're not exactly comps. Last but not least, Exxon Mobil, mm. BK. Yeah, for me, here comes the jar. I am going to fade this one. So I'm still playing oil as this is a bear market rally. What's gone on here? We've had a bit of a lift from some geopolitical tension. I don't think there's really a reason for either side in this conflict in the Middle East to go to anything further. There is the chance we have like a tactical miscalculation. But for me, you fade the ExxonMobil because I think oil goes lower. You liked this one yesterday. You just mentioned See, this yesterday. So I, I can't do listen to you, you on occasion. Like you make it seem like she can't remember day over no, day facts. It's not that man. she I'm can't remember. Her her out. She tunes oh. me out. It's like remember on the old VHS and you don't even mess with those the survival <laughs> mechanism. VHS? What do you think? But anyway. On the TV when we were kids. ExxonMobil. VHS. And I said last night, I don't, what? Please? I said, I said last night, for the first time in at least a year and a half, ExxonMobil has stopped making lower lows and lower highs. And valuation is compelling. I think oil actually does go higher on a benign market. I think this stock trades back up to 83. So I say trade it, Melissa. Time for our chart of the day. Stocks weren't the only thing rallying this week. Gold on a tear up 4% this week and now up nearly 10% in the past month to 1,400, its highest level since 2013. Is this move a warning sign, though, for stocks, Tim? Well, historically, gold has certainly been a a safety mechanism. It's very difficult to argue that something with zero yield should be anything but a place to run when you're worried about storing value. 
Um, gold uh, has bucked up against 1350. Our, our friend Carter, who continues to find these spots to make very daring calls, uh, I think we were opposite each other. It was probably three weeks ago. We were at that 1350 level. He said, buy gold. I said, sell it, because I want to sell it here every other time for the last five years. So, hey, guess what? Um, we've had a massive breakthrough. Gold has totally outperformed silver. If you look at the gold-silver ratio, which people do, uh, because relative to kind of risk-reward moments, this is one of those things that actually you usually see them rising together. We're through 10-year levels which tells you that there is a part of this market rally that has many people very, very concerned, and gold is being bought for that sort of reason. Well, so the folks that I talk to that are buying gold, and, and I've liked gold. I did try to sell some last week just to take profit, but people are concerned about they're trading a tariff, a, a, a trade war for a currency war. And so what you want is a political currency. Gold's one of them. You're seeing Bitcoin go higher. But I would say if you're looking at purely gold as the warning sign, there's two periods in time you need to look at it. From September to December gold of 2018, gold outperformed significantly. And then on the bigger picture, the last time gold had a big secular run against the S&P 500, that started in, in 2000. All right. Grasso? I would say there's two things that happened this month in gold. You had Paul Tudor Jones on June 12th say that for the, that's his best investment for the next 12 to 24 months. Stock has jumped from there. This week, obviously, the Fed, if you chart it from the day the Fed came out and you look at the dollar over gold, it's obvious what happened there. So gold's still probably a good investment. You're going to come in one day, Melissa. I'm yeah, telling really? you now, you want to save this tape. They call it a SOT, sound on tape. And I'm just telling you, you're going to walk in. Thank you. And right one day gold's going to be up $100, and everybody's going to say, we're going to play trade it or fade it. And most people will say, fade it, Mel. And I'm telling you, don't fade that. Trade it again because it's going to happen the next day. Gold is setting up for one of these parabolic moves that happens every 15, 20 years. We're right in the Parabolic. eye of the storm. And quickly, quickly, Steve yes. said the Fed can't find inflation. Well, they haven't looked at AU. Mm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Coming up, the banks passing the stress test with flying colors will tell you what it means for the stocks. Plus, transport's in trouble. The group's stuck in correction territory while the rest of the market rallies. And FedEx is on deck for earnings next week. Can the company deliver? And later, Beyond Meat sinking today after the Consumer Freedom Group sounded the alarm on some ingredients in its fake meat burgers. We'll bring you the latest details. We'll live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Welcome back to Fast Money. The Federal Reserve releasing the first part of its annual stress test for the big banks just moments ago. Leslie Pickers back at headquarters with all the details. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Melissa. The Fed says the largest and most complex banks in the U.S. are well capitalized. The central bank feels confident that the banking system could withstand a severe recession and continue lending during that period. Fed Vice Chairman Randall Quarles saying in a statement the nation's largest banks are significantly stronger than before the crisis and would be well positioned to support the economy even after after a severe shock, an indicator of banks' financial strength or their common equity tier one capital ratio declined from an actual level of 12.3% to a minimum level of 9.2% in the stress scenario. Among the big six, Bank of America was the most capitalized during the tech 
test with common equity tier one capital ratio of 9.7%. While Goldman came in toward the low end at 7.6%, but all banks handily surpassed the minimum of 4.5%. Largely, the results were comparable to previous years, but a change in the banking law meant that only 18 firms were tested almost half as many as last year. Comparing those same firms to show how they did last year, though, the, the Fed says losses in the stress scenario would be about $410 billion compared with $464 billion last year. The Fed tested a 10 percent unemployment rate, a decline in the U.S. yield curve and appreciation in the U.S. dollar. Now, next Thursday, we'll see part two of this test, where the Fed will provide more details about its quantitative results as well as qualitative results. Mel. All right, Leslie, thank you. Leslie Picker back at headquarters. Obviously, this is just the first round, and as Leslie had mentioned, it's the next round that's more consequential in terms of capital return plans, et cetera. Listen, we know that, and Tim says this all the time, the banks are as well capitalized as have ever been. Balance yeah. sheets look great. I mean, there's no indictment there at all, but that's not the problem, in my opinion. The problem is really how they make money going forward. I mean, the margins continue to contract, and banks are utilities. So I'm not saying you go out and blindly short these things, but I don't really think they're going to race up to the upside as well. So tangible book value in my world is ish where these banks should trade. I think the best days for the banks are behind them. So if, if I look at it, I, I look at it, I, I bring it back from the 50,000 foot up level. The XLF from June of 07 topped out at 3097. The XLF in March of 2018, 3032. So that to me is a, is a striking double top on a chart. And then you have the inverse uh, yield curve. The rates are going no place. The banks are going no place. The reason why they spiked up to the highs were deregulation and tax cuts. Those things are behind them. So I don't think the banks have anything to really look forward to other than what Guy said, their utilities, mm -hmm. maybe safety. Well, well what's to the pond? All, all I'll <laughs> say is, so, you know, I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to get up here on a, on a box, a, a Soapbox, soapbox, soap soap box. Box. And, soap and tell you that soap. banks, you should be buying them just for the balance sheets. But I, I'll tell you, for all the bad news banks have had to digest in the last 12 months, they've underperformed the S&P uh, by all of about 550 basis points. I realize it's underperformed by 550 basis points. But guess what? Um, the yield curve went almost negative. Uh, banks have had a, a series of headlines in terms of their core business models being attacked. Guess what? All these IPOs, if you look at their capital markets businesses, I actually think you're going to see some surprise to the upside, both on sales and trading, because of some of this volatility. And, and the deal flow that's been coming through Wall Street is as good as it's been in many, many years. Don't discount that at earnings season. I'm a seller of the banks. Everybody that I, my friends that are in sales and trading are telling me that is a dead business right now. It ain't happening. So you get out of the banks. Speaking of the banks, there's one stock that Mike Coe says is gearing up for a breakout. We've got the name in the trade, plus fake meat, but real problems. Beyond Meat sinking after the Consumer Freedom Group is sounding the alarm on the ingredients in its products. Did this hot IPO get overheated? We've got the details. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. First in business worldwide. Much more fast right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. 
specialised across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to Fast Money. Check out shares of Beyond Meat down almost 7% today after the Center for Consumer Freedom sounded the alarm on harmful chemicals used in processing things like pea protein, a main ingredient in the Beyond Meat burger, last night on our show. It's not just peas that are ground up into the, uh, in, into the product. Um, they go through a very heavy manufacturing process. There are other companies, um, usually ones that use uh, soybeans, that through this process it's called extrusion. Um, in order to separate the, the protein from the fat, they'll run it through a solvent called hexane. Now hexane is recognized by the federal government as a neurotoxin. Um, it's thought to have uh, uh, impacts on reproductive health. That was Brianne Kincaid, the center's research director, arguing that products claiming to be plant-based can mislead consumers. We should note the group does not disclose who its donors are, but has been known to be supported by restaurants and food companies. Also putting pressure on Beyond today, comments from Shake Shack CEO that the company has no intention of adding Beyond burgers to the menu right now. So is this stock turning into dead meat? Oh, <laughs> snap. It's all done, right? Uh, oh, you're I thought you were looking at yeah, yes, but see, it's somewhat disingenuous for me to say that because at $100, I was telling people to get out of half of their position if they were fortunate enough to sort of buy it around the mm -hmm. IPO, raced up to 200 You know, you tell me. I think it's ridiculous that the stock is here. I mean, I think there should be significant downside. But you get a couple upgrades next week, and you can see how volatile it is. Reproductive health, guys. It's not a good thing. I mean, I, I I mean all the things they mentioned. I mean, extrusion and hexane do not sound appetizing. I do not want to hex at all. I mean, I, that doesn't sound good. Look, I, I just think you have a dynamic here where people uh, don't need to be rushing into this brand. I think every major food company that can be actually like producing. Like Tyson said it's going to be in there. Without question, Tyson, without question, like a Heinz Kraft, people that are making hot dogs and hamburgers for a living should be making these burgers, and they should be making them and taking a note from, obviously, what are some of the side effects here. So uh, it's, it's no question the valuation makes zero sense. I don't know. All I know is that when somebody comes out and, is, and says this product's really, really bad and maybe they've been supported by people in the past that do meat, it seems like they might be scared about what's going on here. I still continue to say every time you go to a restaurant and you try to order these things, they're out of stock. The demand for this stuff is out of this world. Even if Tyson's going to make it, there's still a tremendous amount of demand. for you, everyone says that it's not about health. It's about cows and it's about Carbon the environment. Carbon footprint. People believe them, so, they just are. So, they, so they, it, says, this has more yeah. preservatives, more, more salt. Cows. The whole thing is unhealthy for you, but it doesn't matter. Right. But if I had to pick my poison, my would you rather would be Tyson, up 48%. Mm -hmm. They're going to come out with their own, which they already are. Yes. They sold their piece of Beyond. And now you're going to see them sort of be more a trusted brand. They're more of a, uh, a brand that restaurants, I think, that would trust more than a Beyond. They also have more muscle in the, in the supermarket in terms of where to put products. I was thinking about a nice pairs trade, though, or sort of a hedge, you know, based on what Tim said and what we heard in the SOT. Is it going to be something a, Pfizer you know, with Beyond Meat? Yes, or? Pfizer Beyond Meat pairing would makes perfect sense in this environment, mm. Tim. Huh. Interesting. Time yeah. for the final trade. Let's go around the horn, Tim. An interesting pair trade by Guy Adami, but I, I actually think that FedEx is a story you can buy going into earnings based upon very, very, very much have we seen updates and news flow. FedEx is safe to me at these levels. Brian Kelly. It's going to be a little weird one, a little longer term play. Comstock Resources, CRK, way to play natural gas. 
Steve Grasso. Olin, O-L-N. It's a name I've been in for quite some time. It's still around the same levels where I bought it. I'm still looking for a double. I'm there. I think you should be there as well. O-L-N is the symbol. You know, we had Guy. a special surprise. I mean, it was Friday. So cute. Yeah. So we had yeah. Nancy. It's the Nancy cutest surprise you could possibly Her imagine. son is here. It's eight months old. We were he's coming. He's coming, but you're not going to have enough time. I mean, I don't have enough yeah. time now. Wait, no, but in the, in, the, in the buster. In the buster. Anyway, but listen, you're way next. You have a great trip, Mel. We will Thank miss you. you. Exxon Mobile. I don't care what BK says. That does it for us. See you back here Monday. Don't move. Options action starts right after this break. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.